Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we talk about some of the best players to target in Dynasty Leagues. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here as always with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane, and today we have a very, very special guest for you. We are talking with Eric Cross. Eric, thank you so much for being here today, Um, and if you want, just introduce yourself to the fans if they don't already know who you are and let them know where they could find your work yeah absolutely thanks for having me guys again i I wish i was uh warned ahead of time that i was recording with two yankees fans here uh, as a red sox fan that was not you know told to me beforehand but all good there but uh yeah thanks for having me on eric cross zero four on twitter uh right over at ftn rotoballer and obviously i'm on my patreon toolshed fantasy and also the uh, toolshed podcast with chris clay yeah, so it's an, uh, it's an honor to have you here, Eric. Once again, truly appreciate you making the time and your schedule for us. Uh, as we you know, we mentioned at the top, we're talking about some of the best targets in dynasty leagues. You know, Eric has some great dynasty rankings. You need to go check those out. Um, Matt, anything for the fans today before we get into this and uh, we get things started? Honestly, just thank you, Eric, for being on the show. Uh, been a fan for quite some time, so it's really an honor to have you here. But um, I'm going to throw this right on to, on to Eric here and ask him who does he want to talk about first, that his names that he wants to throw out for the guys. Ooh, which one first? Let's go, uh, let's go, let's go Shane Boz first. I've been a big fan of Shane Boz for a while now. I had the pleasure of, of interviewing Shane Boz back in, it was like very early part of the pandemic. So we're talking like probably April 2020. Oh, wow. And this was like before he broke out. Like at that point in time, Boz was like, you know, the kind of the fun prospect with a lot of upside that hadn't really put it all together yet. And then he he did the following year. And it was great because what he kind of talked to us about was trying to like you know work on you know mechanics and consistency, throwing more strikes, cutting the walk rate, stuff like that. And he did that in spades and he had that massive breakout in the minor leagues in twenty twenty one. And obviously it's been a little bit of a you know, some injuries here, as with most every Tampa Bay arm, it seems like uh, they can't get a break down there. I know, right? It's it's oh, it's crazy. Like the, their, their like injured rotation is better than like you know ninety eight percent of teams like healthy rotation. But uh, now they're maybe trading Glasgow or at least exploring it, which is kind of weird. But uh, but yeah, Shane Boz, like the stuff is just so good. Like what we saw in that breakout year of twenty twenty one, what we've seen in, in small spurts in the major leagues i mean he's only got nine starts and hasn't pitched in the major league since 2022 but like the stuff is legit it's like frontline ace caliber stuff you get the four pitch mix he can miss bats you know with the best of them and i i'm a believer in you know the the better command and control that he showed because he said that was a focus for him and he went out and did it so and i'm a believer in that i think the the lower walk rate i think it's here to stay 
Uh, he's seven you know, again, nine starts, but 7.2% walk rate, pretty solid there. And just, just needs health. You know, obviously, you know, that's a, a major red flag and a concern. So that's the reason why his value has sunk into the to the depths of where it is now. But I think it's it's opened up a great buying opportunity. He'll be back in 2024, you know, fingers crossed, you know, all the health issues are behind him. And I think I still think there's a potential that he's a top 15 fantasy arm you know, going into, you know, 2025 if he can stay healthy. So yeah, I think he's a great buy right now in dynasty leagues. Yeah, no, I'm 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 there with you. Boz definitely has great stuff. Strong fastball too with Boz. Um, big boy, you know, we'd love to see that, you know, that six foot two frame of his. Uh I, I honestly did, did, here's my question to you. I know we're we're talking mainly dynasty here, but do you how many innings do you think we could see from Shane Boz this year? Like what's a realistic total for a guy who's hasn't really thrown a lot of innings and we haven't seen him since 2022? The, the number 120 is kind of sticking in my head. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. That's so funny. I was in that range. Kind of g- number. Yeah, g- give or take a little bit. I, th- I think that's fair. You know, coming back up injury, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they're gonna push him. I mean, I'd be surprised if they pushed him to like you know 140, 150. You know, maybe you know it's the Rays. Maybe they'll you know, which might suck for fantasy this year. You know, some of those yeah. like four inning starts where you don't you can't get the win or the quality start. But you know, they're gonna need him. Obviously, you know, the Rays are probably gonna be a you know, contender again for the postseason, so they're probably going to need him down the stretch. So I can see them you know, skipping a start here or there, you know, managing the innings that way as opposed to like a shutdown sort of scenario. But yeah, I think 120, but I think he could give you 120 really good innings. And you know, best case scenario, I hope everything goes according to plan. He does that 120 ish this year, maybe they bump him to that 150, 160 range uh, next year. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him if he could just put it together, like you said. And you know what? Not for nothing. I'm really just – I would love to see him even in a redraft league based off of just where current ADP is. I mean, he's going for free 99 last pick of the draft. If he can actually make it out there and just stash her a little bit, man, Shade Boss could be great. But let's move on. I know you got a bunch of names, and I kind of want you, want you to put out all yours first if that's okay. So who do you want to go next? Yeah. No, let's let's go over to, to the hitting side. Uh, let's go to Brian Hayes. From the, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's funny with him, back when he was a prospect coming up through the Pirates org, I was probably a little bit lower than the most prospect rankers on him. I didn't dislike him, but just didn't have him as highly ranked as most did. And, and it's funny now that a lot of people have jumped off the bandwagon. I'm kind of kind of flipping over to the other side where I'm one of the bigger supporters of, of Hayes because while he hasn't yet put it together, I mean, he's always kind of shown flashes here and there, but never put it, put it all together over a full season. A lot of the metrics are still there. You know, he hits the ball hard. He's got a hard hit rate over 45% each of his four seasons uh, with, with Pittsburgh, 48.3% last year. It doesn't strike out much. K rate was just below 20%, uh, 19.8 to be exact last year. He hits too many ground balls, but at the same time, he did trim that rate. He was hitting more fly balls. Last year, trimming the ground ball rate about seven and a half percent. He's a good athlete as well. So th- this guy, th- that twenty twenty upside is there w- with Hayes. You know, good, you know, pitch uh, d- uh, plate discipline metrics. You know, his zone contact rate is very high. You know, doesn't whiff too much either. So like, all the ingredients are kind of there. Uh, he just has again, he hasn't kind of like, mixed them together uh, and made that finished product. But with where he's kind of going now, where people are kind of putting him in a kind of like, Maybe he was overrated as a prospect, kind of like in that in that post hype uh, window for him now. Where I still think, like you know, this year we could see like a two seventy plus average, 
you know, and maybe even flirt with like a 2020 year. I think that's definitely kind of in the uh, in the realm of possibilities there. So, yeah, I, I've been kind of trying to grab him wherever I can right now in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, Eric, I'm I'm with you on, uh, again on uh, Key Brian Hayes. I remember at the end of, you know, not the end, maybe more of the second half where he really started to pick it up. I think it was in yeah. June, if I remember correctly, where Hayes really started to turn things around. I was just like, wow. I remember the hype was there, as you mentioned, when he was coming up through, you know, the system and, you know, injury played, never really, you know, put it all together. But, you know, had a nice, strong season last year, Hayes, in 124 games, 494 at bat, 65 runs, 31 doubles, 7 triples, 15 homers, 61 RBIs, 10 steals, 271. And I think you can get in, you know, on a good kid who's only going to be 27 next year right now in Dynasty for, you know, fairly cheap. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Matt, I don't know if you're um, in agreement here. I know you had some pushback on um, on uh, Hayes real quick. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I'm really buying in the haze at this point. I mean, 2020 is a re- is in the realm of possibilities, but I've seen it. it you see a d- decline this year. We only got 10 this year, and maybe it's due to injuries, but he had, what, six less, 10 less at-bats than he did last year, and he got 10 less stolen bases. The home runs were a nice little jump, which was nice, but, I mean, I don't know. I think the, the Pirates as an organization and as a team are getting better, but I don't know how much I really want to jump on the bandwagon for Key Brian Hayes. But in Dynasty, I definitely wouldn't mind trading for him and seeing adding him for depth and, depth and see if he can, you know, kind of live up to that upside. You probably get him cheaper than regular, cheaper than normal, exact, uh, than if he was uh, post-hype, I guess, at this point. But um, before we move on and before we get a bunch of other, uh, you know, guys on Eric Cross's list and our list, we have a quick little sponsor for you. And guys, we're talking to you about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And guys, real quick, before we get back into things, I just want to talk to everybody about, you know, Locked On has officially launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and they're here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of all the Locked On channels, plus all the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And as Matt mentioned, we're going to get right back into things here. We've talked about a nice young pitcher to go and get. We've talked about a nice young bat to go get. Uh, I know Eric Cross has a couple of more guys that, you know, he wants to talk to us all about. And Eric, where are we going next? Uh, Let's keep it with the the major league guys here before we go to the Actually, I guess the last guy is a major league guy too, but uh, so we got a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I got a cup of coffee for sure. Uh, let's go to Hunter Brown, though, a guy that had a, a lot of hype entering the season. And yeah, you look at the the surface stats, they weren't great. You know, he 509 ERA uh, across 155 and two thirds innings, 136 whip, but also had, you know, a pretty good strikeout to walk ratio, kind of pretty similar to what he did last year in his cup, cup of coffee. 
which was only 20 innings last year, but you know, right around like the 18, 19% K minus walk rate. You know, walk rate's been around eight to nine percent both years, K rate in that 27% range. You know, we know he can miss bats. You know, he's shown that throughout his professional career. And I think he he pitched a lot better than his a lot of his metrics would would indicate. But you know, the one issue is there's a lo- lot of zone contact allowed. Like that's like the when you look at look at like his Avant page. That's the one thing that just really stands out. And you look at you know, some of the heat maps uh, on his pitches, especially the, the four-seamer in, in general. I think that was an issue there. It allowed a 271 batting average against, 5.11 slug. And you look at the heat map, there's a lot over the heart of the plate. You know, yeah. that's, you know that, that's, that's a problem. You know? and, and the slider, too, is really good. The slider's always been a pretty good pitch for him. Not so much last year. Almost a 300 batting average against and a, and a slug over 500 on the slider, which is really – Again, not what we were used to seeing out, out of him in the past. So I got to imagine the slider, t- you know, improves this year. If he can just locate that fastball better as well, not give up so many home runs, give up 11 home runs on the four-seamer and eight on the slider, which is not something you see that often uh, on a good slider. The, the, there's still, the stuff is really, really good. You know, take it, you know, take these are the greatest salt, but they are fun to look at the, the similar pitchers to Hunter Brown based on velo and movement on Savant. These are, you know, really good names. Garrett Cole, Tyler Glasnow, Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, and then Taj Bradley's in there as well. But it just shows you, like, the stuff is really good. If he can just figure it out and he's learn how to be more of a pitcher than a thrower, I mean, I have you know, all the faith in the world in, in Houston. They, they maximize their pitchers especially. So I, I good org to be in. I think he can't figure it out. And I think he's going to have a really good year. So both like redraft and dynasty, I think his, his ADP and redraft is pretty, uh, pretty reasonable. And I think the perceived value on him and dynasty has dropped to a point where it's opened up a nice little buying window. Yeah, Eric, it's funny that you say, say that Matt and I were just looking at his ADP before, you know, we, we hopped on here and uh, he's really going, I believe it was around um, pick almost 500 for Hunter Brown. So he, he's out there, man. He's out there if you want to throw your dart in that direction. I mean, after last season, I know only 24 years old for Hunter Brown. I took a step back. You know, uh, as you mentioned, some of those underlying metrics look good. Some of them don't. Uh, I, I want to see if he can figure it out before I'm really all back in gung-ho on him. I have him, you know, in my redraft ranking somewhat low. But um, what would you be willing to give up for Hunter Brown in Dynasty? Like, what 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 does the a trade look like for Hunter Brown? I really don't think we're gonna have to give up a lot. But Eric, what do you think would be something that you'd be willing to give up? Or what does a trade for Hunter Brown look like right now in a Dynasty league? Yeah, so I think you could give up. You know, I'm looking at maybe like a, a top twenty five to thirty, top maybe forty prospect in kind of that range. That's, that's a range where I have you know some guys like Harry Ford. Tyler Locklear and, and others like that, you know, H- Heston Kierstad, uh, who's still prospect eligible uh, in, in that range. I think that's a, f- a fair range. Um, All right. Maybe, I, like you know, maybe I like that. I like those names. Overall, maybe like, I think you can get away with, you know, a back end top 200 guy right now. I, I think the value has sunk enough. So if you offer a guy in, you know, that 160 to 200 range overall, and, and maybe a guy that does, doesn't have that potential to jump back up like Brown does. I think that's a fair uh, range for sure. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Hunter Brown, I'm a fan as well. I hope that course correct happens. And uh, I like that trade. I might have to go and uh, <laughs> see if I can make something similar happen in a dynasty league. But, uh, <laughs> you know, 
throwing some ideas my way. But uh, let's let's hit this last guy here for you. Um, well, not our last guy of the show, but the last guy that you've uh, wanted to talk about, and that's um, Jordan Lauer. Why don't you, yeah. why don't you give us uh, your your take on him? It, it's it's funny how like, such a short period of time can swing people's like kind of thoughts and and the perceived value of a player because you look at Jordan Lawler versus Evan Carter, you know, back when the, you know, they both debuted, you know, cl- close to the same time. And before they debuted Lawler, though it was close. I think I'd say most people considered Lawler the better prospect. And now you sit their redraft. It's, I think they're like 150 to 200 picks apart. Yeah. And the kind of the, kind of the long-term uh, thought process seems to be have swung over to Carter. And I'm just not really, into making huge changes in kind of the philosophy over it's such a small sample size. Obviously, Carter, and I see why Carter's you know value has gone way up. Obviously, you know what he did down the stretch, you know, leading into the postseason, and then he obviously performed well in the postseason as well. Win, wins a ring as a rookie, gotta love that. But Lawler, I think, has still has the higher upside. So, and this is where like, if I had Carter, I could probably trade him for Lawler and a second piece. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, the upside for Lawler is still like a top 50, maybe even higher, maybe top 30 to 40 overall player for fantasy. If, if he kind of reaches like 90th percentile outcome for what he's capable of, you know, look at what he did. He started off the season kind of on the slower side the first couple of months, but from May 28th through uh, his promotion on September 5th, this was 339 play appearances. He slashed 325, 413, 565, with 15 home runs, 25 steals, walk rate a little over 10%, and K rate a little over 16%. And like his ADP is close to 300 right now. Like this guy could go, you know, push for I took a 20, 25 year. And I, I, I won't even bat an eye. The, the upside is there. You know, where does he play? Obviously, you know, Perdomo's in the mix. They just acquired Eugenio Suarez to play third. So I guess that. You know, the playing time concern is there, at least initially. Maybe he gets a little bit more time in AAA to start the year. I could see that. But for Dynasty, that's what we're talking here. You know, the long-term upside is still very high. And I think people are, are kind of knocking him too much for, again, an extremely small sample size where he did do much with Arizona. So, uh, yeah, Jordan Law were a great buy. And the long-term upside is still very high. Yeah, yeah. Eric. I, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't mean go ahead, brother. Hop on in there. No, that's cool. Uh, I, I just had one question for you. You know, so say you're doing a dynasty redraft, where do you feel comfortable walking away with him? I mean, not dynasty, redraft, I, dynasty startup. Uh, I, th- I'm, I still have him as a top 100 overall player. I, I think he's in that back end top 100 range. I, I think I should have, I have him ranked. Uh, I, I pulled my rank. I think I've been ranked in the 70s, if I recall correctly. And I think you can get him post 100 in a startup. Um, I, actually, I wish I had pulled up. We just, we just finished a, a dynasty. Uh, mock draft, you know, with a bunch of industry people here. Um, as I'm trying, I'm trying to pull it up real quick here, uh, to see where he went because again, I, I think it was a lot later than he should have. You bear with me here for like three seconds. All right, yeah, so quick control F, he went. All right, so pick seven four. This was a 14 teamer, so okay, that was pick 88, which I, I think is fair. He went in a similar range. Uh, some guys around him, Francisco Alvarez, Novi Marte, Volpe, Yelich, you know, Arenado. Uh, so I think, yes, still back in top 100 guy. And again, I think you could, you know, if we did this, we're, we're going to do that same mock draft. We, we usually do it every year around this time. Uh, next offseason, I bet you can cut that in half. Maybe he's a guy that's 
drafted in the 40s. You know, so I, I think uh, that potential breakout there and the, the skills are all all there. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely still very much in on Jordan Lawler. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I really agree with that. Honestly, I, th- I feel like in a in a startup, he's probably a steal. So yeah. uh, I'm right there with you. And before we go on, we start talking about the rest of our guys here. Uh, we have one last ad break for you. All right. Uh, sorry, this will be the last one for the night. But uh, yeah, I continue on Jordan Lauer. I think he's an absolute steal, like I was saying right before the break. And quite honestly, Eric, you did a fantastic job covering him. So let's start talking about some other names other than the four names you you uh, you brought to the table. And um, Dom, why don't you kick it off with one of your guys? Ooh, all right. So uh, let's see. Who do I want to talk about the most? Um, somebody that I really like, and I think I think a lot of people really like. I know uh, here on this podcast we love him. Let's talk about Nolan Jones. I think this is, you know, like the the, the sort of calm before the storm. I, I don't know if the, the word's fully out on how good Nolan Jones is and, you know, how much, uh, you know, a lot of people like him. I think there still might be a small window in Dynasty, you know, Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong after I'm done here on um, what your thoughts are. You're, you know, you're the, the the expert around here. But I love Nolan Jones. Guy, you know, had a very strong, you know, um, rookie campaign, 106 games, 367 at-bats, uh, 60 runs, 22 doubles, four triples, 20 homers, 62 RBIs, 20 steals, 297 batting average. Uh, you know, he does have cores as his home. The team around him isn't fantastic. So, you know, the counting stats might be a little bit suspect, but, you know, a guy who barrels up the ball a lot, you know, with the best of them, um, you know, is pretty fast, you know, for a guy his size. I really think there's a lot of upside here with Nolan Jones. I know in redraft, uh, you know, his price is, you know, a little bit steep at the moment. But, um, Eric, what are your thoughts here on Nolan Jones? A good buy low candidate? Well, not a buy low candidate, but is he, uh, he good? If somebody can get a deal on him, uh, you think you should target him? Oh, absolutely. It's funny because we talked about him – uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we did an episode on Toolshed, but it's kind of players that were just hard to rank for one reason or another. And he was one of the guys we talked about. And before that, I put out a poll uh, for, from our Toolshed podcast, uh, uh, Twitter account, excuse me, uh, where, uh, where do you currently value Nolan Jones in Dynasty? And 37% said outside top 100. You know, it was there was a uh, top 50 said about 7.5%, top 75, 16%, top 100, 39%, and then not top 100, 37%. And I can see why some people may be a little bit skeptical, but I think he's absolutely a top 100 guy. His redraft ADP does feel a little bit high to me. I will it say does, that. It does. It does. But Dynasty, like, he's absolutely top 100 for me. And I think I have him in the, in the 60s right now uh, in, in my own rankings because, you know, I don't – I'm not a believer in the, the uh, batting average he showed. I just – you look at the metrics, it doesn't support an average close to 300. So I, I see that drop. Even you know, course field should, should keep it respectable though, and, and how hard he hits the ball that helps. But you know, two seventy, which is still you know solid average, yeah. just not three hundred. But the, the power's legit. Like no, Jones always has had that power. He just never had you know the gaudy home run totals in the minor leagues because he he was overly patient and it, it, it led to higher strikeout rates because he was getting too many two strike counts and really limited his power. Like he wasn't hunting out those the pitches that he could really drive and. You know, he did a great job over the last kind of year or two. Uh, you know, first off, when he was still in the Cleveland org, then he came over to Colorado, especially of being more aggressive, but while still you know, having that solid walk rate, uh, this past year, 12.5%, and it still does strike out a bit too much, which is why I think the average will tick down. But 
there's no reason why this can't be, you know, a guy that's pushing 30 home runs, especially in cores, maybe even more than that. And a guy that's, you know, he's a sneaky athlete. You know, he's a guy that has, yeah, that's right. yeah. is 30-30 in the cards. Is it like on the table, maybe a 30-30 season? No one if everything goes right. I mean, I, I, I don't think 30 steals, but I think a 30-20 year, you know, something right. like that. I, I, I just don't see him get up to that 30 steal mark. But again, with, you know, the way, you know, stealing bases is way up with the new, the new rules and limitations on, on pitchers and pickoffs and everything. Yeah, maybe, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's, I wouldn't 100% rule it out, but even if he's down, even if he's a 270, 30, 20 guy, I mean, that's still top 100. He's 25 years old. You know, I think that lineup could be getting better over the next handful of years. They got, they got, they got a nice, couple of sneaky young prospects. Yeah, out. exactly. So I, I think it's not going to be a terrible lineup. It won't be a studly lineup, but yeah, I think he's absolutely top 100. So again, while the redraft ADP is a bit, you know, too lofty for my liking right now. I still think he's a, a pretty good value target in dynasty leagues. I love it. I actually love it. Uh, I, I went off last the last week about Nolan Jones and quite honestly, let's go. I'm all day, even in redraft leagues with him. So, you know, Nolan Jones is the guy, but I want to move on because we got maybe five minutes left and I think we want to cover at least one more dude here. And um, you know what? I hate to do it to you, Eric, but I, I do want to steal one of Dom's guy and talk about a Yankee here. And I'm going to let Dom take the lead on this as Jason Dominguez. I feel like he needs to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. So the, the thing with Jason, um, it, it's been a, a, a road for, you know, Dynasty League players and Jason Dominguez. When he first came up, you know, the Martian, the guy can do anything, you know, supreme athlete, hits the ball hard, you know, can run a bit, uh, can do it all. Then, you know, he never really lived up to the hype, you know, in the minor leagues, you know, had some, you know, ups and downs season, uh, you know, last couple of years, a little bit better in the minors. And then finally, guy gets the call to the major leagues, and he really does look like the Marsh in the alley in eight games, four home runs, seven RBIs, a steal, 258 batting average. Then he gets hurt. You know, he's going to be out for a while. Yankees are saying, you know, I heard, I saw talks of, you know, maybe uh, May or June, depending on how this thing goes. And then even that, this is something Matt and I have gone back and forth about. Eric, we would love your take on this. Even when Jason is, you know, fully healthy, does do they send him back to the minors, you know, to make sure everything is good? Does he come right back up to the majors? Does it depend on where the Yankees is? Um, and I, I feel like if there was a time to strike on his value again, it would be right now before he gets back out on that field and, you know, starts showing, you know, what he's made of again. But Eric, your thoughts on Jason Dominguez uh, for Dynasty Leagues. Man, I like him a lot. And it, it's funny. He went from being, like you mentioned, like super overhyped with all the yeah. – Mickey Mantle, Bo Jackson, yes. Mike Trout. Comps, <laughs> I remember. Which is, I, I just, another reason why I hate comps. But then he got super undervalued. And like, you know, I, I had a chance to see him a lot when he came through double A. Obviously, you know, double A Somerset comes up here uh, to Portland, Maine a lot. So saw him uh, probably five, six times. And, you know, the, the skills are absolutely there. The one, you know, the powers, you know, even though he didn't have huge home run totals in the minor leagues, the raw power's always been there. And as a, a guy that's a switch hitter at Yankee Stadium, can, you know, you know, take advantage of that short right field uh, porch you got, you got there. You know, there's just a potential 30 homer bats and kind of similar to Jones sneaky athlete. Like he doesn't look like yeah. it. Like he, he kind of reminded me of Willie Calhoun uh, body wise, <laughs> uh, which not a bad thing, but I, I never expect him to, to keep running as much as he did uh, in the minor league. So, yeah. and another guy that could be like, you know, a, a sneaky, like a 30, 20 guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like him a lot. I hate it. 
I, I hate when I like Yankee players, obviously, but um, <laughs> and I love Aaron Judge and you know Jason. I think I think he's gonna be an absolute stud. Thing, you know, if he if he does what I think he can do, like we're talking a guy that's you know a top you know thirty to forty player. You know, I, yeah, I think that upset sure. is absolutely there. So yeah, great buy. Hopefully, people forgot like you know how good he was in that really short short sample size before he got hurt, which was unfortunate. You never, never want to see it, you know an exciting young player get hurt like that, but. Probably back in what May or June, something like that this year. So hopefully he can pick right back up off and just not against my Red Sox. He can do it against other teams. <laughs> just don't do any damage against my Red Sox. Well, that's oh, fair. Man. That's fair. We, we we can respect that. We can respect that. Unfortunately, I think once he gets going, he's just gonna go off like a house on fire. Like Probably. I mean, he's like he's like 10 years younger than Bryce Harper, who had the same injury. And I feel like okay, the injury recovery is probably gonna be uh, a little bit faster, not as as long as that as uh, Harper had to go through, plus a little bit more downtime for him, so I feel like he might even get started sooner than later. So I feel like, man, he's he could be absolutely incredible and more impactful than Harper was earlier off than coming back from the from the injury himself. Man, ah, uh, <laughs> I could still see him coming back and just pretty much looking like Royce Lewis at some point and just going off. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm super excited for uh, Dominguez here. But uh, with that being said, Dom, why don't you get us out of here? Yeah, guys, that is all for today. Uh, Eric, a special thank you uh, to you for doing this. Once again, making time, joining us today. Once again, uh, make sure you go and uh, check out all of Eric's work. Once again, Eric, I don't know if you want to throw the plug out there real quick before we head out uh, where everyone can find your work once again. Yeah, again, thanks for having me, guys. This was was a lot of fun. A lot of fun names we talked about here. Uh, Yeah, follow me on Twitter at EricCross04. Always posting a lot of stuff there. Got my work over at FTN Fantasy, Rotoballer. And obviously, a lot of my work, probably the most, the majority of it, over on my my Patreon, Toolshed Fantasy. Uh, links in my bio on Twitter. And right now, I'm pumping through a little bit of everything: some early redraft rankings, team by team prospect rankings, with some player profiles. A good, good little mix, but it's a fun time of year. Uh, you know, obviously, we were talking about us, us degenerates that are still <laughs> yeah <laughs> cranking up the content. Got to got to love it. But yeah, th- thanks for having me on, guys. This, this was a lot of fun. Of course, of course. And guys, um, please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And Matt and I will be back with our, you know, um, our way too early, you know, positional talks and debates. And uh, guys, until then, see ya. Peace.